Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show dedicated to giving you behind-the-scenes access into the lives of your favorite players. Today, Walker Bueller joins the show to talk about the Vanderbilt Baseball Brotherhood, being a rookie in L.A., and his magical run to the World Series. I'm your host, Trevor Bauer, and this is the Bauer Bites Podcast. What's up, dog? How, How are you? Doing? Nice to see you. Thanks for coming. Look at this place. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's nice, eh? Jeez. <laughs> How's everything? Good, man. Rounding into shape. Yep. Damn, not too bad. Good old, uh, you a morning person? No, absolutely not. Yeah. This no. is the worst time of year for me. Oh, it's so bad. I'm used to going to bed at like 2 in the morning. Yeah, I can't stand it, but... Takes like two weeks and then, yeah. then you're all good. And then you start playing games and you get all messed <laughs> up again. Exactly. Two weeks to adjust, two weeks of spring training, then readjust back to yeah. it. Night game start. Well, no, it's all good, man. Where you spend your off season? Back in Lexington, where I grew up. I did Lexington, one, huh? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You a, uh, a Kentucky basketball fan? Yeah, basketball and football, not baseball. I can't cheer for them. But, <laughs> uh, no, I like their, their new staff over there a lot, but... Uh, the offensive coordinator for the football team lives like four doors down from my mom, so I've gotten to know him pretty well. And then growing up there, you can't not be a basketball fan. Yeah. Did you, uh, how'd that go over at Vandy? Nobody really cared. Like, our basketball team wasn't like a big hot topic at Vandy, so yeah, that's true. nobody really cared too much, but I w I'd like wear a uni and like get a lot of shit for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> you uh, went full get-up, huh? Yeah, you have to. You, can, you can't go half halfway. <laughs> but it was worse, so we had one kid on our team that had like a UT flag in his room, and you're like, come on, dude. Uh, like, that was yeah, the worst. Is that the biggest rivalry, rivalry there? UT yeah, and... like as a school, for sure. Yeah. Um, for us, it, like Florida's big, Louisville's big, but yeah. uh, UT's big, but yeah, it's, it's a different breed down there. Yeah, so I went to UCLA on my official visit in a Duke basketball hat. Oh, that'll work. And then, uh, so there's like the six recruits lined up, and Ben Howland, who's the coach at UCLA, yeah. just like comes and like, oh, you know, Ben Howland, basketball coach, nice to meet you, you know, going down, like talking to all the guys. He gets yeah. to me, he goes to shake my hand, sees my hat, pulls his hand back, and goes, you're gonna have to take off that hat. Just goes right to the next oh, person. <laughs> just straight stoned me. That's the same. <laughs> we, uh, we, uh, Tom Crean, the old Indiana coach, came to watch one of our practices yeah. when I was in college. I was like, hey, I'm Walker. Like, I don't really know if I can talk to you. I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> so, but no, it's funny. Yeah. Vandy, uh, I wanted to go to Vandy, actually. Yeah. So I was back in 2000. It would have been over, what, five, six? No, I was, I would have been, oh. Or no, you were, what, 10 draft? I was 11 drafts. So I would have, I would have gone in in nine. Um, me and Sonny? Yeah, it would have been me and Sonny. Um, but in like 2007, I think DJ was still the pitching coach there. Mm -hmm. So I, so he'd been coming down to the Texas Baseball Ranch, and so a bunch of the people that I knew knew him. Yeah. So I reached out through those guys that I knew. I was like, hey, I really want to go to Vandy. I got good grades, do all this stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, we'll wait and see how your junior season goes. So. Junior season went okay. I ended up committing to UCLA because I was going to graduate half a year early. So I, yeah. like my, I was like six months earlier, the recruitment period. 
So literally the day after I commit to UCLA, I get a call at six in the morning. Hey, uh, Vanderbilt, you know, I'd like to offer you a full ride to come here. What do you say? I'm like, I committed yesterday. I'd love to, but sorry, I'm going to honor my commitment. DJ was cool. DJ was there my freshman fall. So as soon as I got there was when he took the job at the Cubs. Yeah. So that sucks. And then it switched to... um, What's the pitching coach's name now? Scott Brown. Scott Brown, that's right. And he's been there for a while. Yeah, he was there my whole career, so 13, 14. So you had, you had DJ for like... Two months. Two yeah. months, yeah. And he's the one that basically recruited you. Yeah, in. like we, we went to a lunch when he announced to the team, you know, he was leaving or whatever, and we went to lunch like two days later. I was like, hey, man, like I'm leaving. I'm out. Like I came here to play for you. He's like, just stop. Like you're not going anywhere. So it kind of, you know, it ended up working out. I think Brownie and I ended up probably being better a better fit than even DJ and I, but... Yeah. Uh, no, DJ was like a bit, you know, 80% of why I went there probably. Yeah. Um, Did much change when he left, though? Like, was it a big transition? Yeah, I mean, well, so Scott's like more, way more of like, hey, I'll give you the puzzle pieces, you put it together kind of coach. And yeah. DJ, at least at that time, was way more structured and, hey, we're going to throw it with this feet, all of us, for this long, and it's just a big line, and everybody threw the same, and... Um, I was coming off kind of a little elbow stuff, and it, so I didn't even really play catch when he was there. Our trainer kind of helped me out of it, which was fine. It ended up working out all right, but yeah, um, yeah, it's just this is a different deal. But Corbs is good with that stuff, man. Like Brown came and visited our team. Like we got to meet him and be like, yeah, we like him. Oh, really? Yeah, like he came and met us before he offered him the job. How many guys did you meet with? Just him, or he was the only one? Yeah. But Brent Corbs loves, like, he was a D3 player, like, loves that kind of coach. Yeah. Family, stable. So it was kind of perfect for us at the time. Hmm. He had been putting out good arms at St. John's, too. Yeah. So I think uh, it, sure haven't missed a beat in the uh, Vanderbilt tradition. Well, no. He started getting some, you know, some guys he didn't have to do so much with, I think. Yeah. So, no, he's, Browning and I are really, really, really close. Pretty much every one of the Vanderbilt guys is, like, Super close though, right? It's like a big yeah. brotherhood. Yeah, it's weird. I, you know, I don't know why it is, but yeah, Corbs pushes everyone a lot, and you know, kind of pushes us together. Like he'd rather us like each other and not like him than the other way around. Yeah, uh, that doesn't really happen like that, but he'd he'd rather have us be close than anything. So yeah, it's good. Got to go to Nashville the first time uh, this past off season. Yeah, it was fun. That's like a fun that city. Yeah, for sure. Did you go to like the pitching expo thing they have every year? No, I actually was there um, visiting Neil Ramirez um, kind of early in the off season. Yeah. We were working on a curveball, so I gotcha. wanted to get there in the beginning, just kind of like go Feel over with him and see what he's doing, so yeah. try to help him out. I want to go to that expo thing. I forget what it's Pitch called. Pitch Palooza? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go last year. I just didn't. Just didn't. But How far away is that? Three hours, like on the dot. So it's That's not easy. bad at all. Yeah. They had it in Dallas one year. Or, well, they had a ABCA, actually, yeah. in Dallas. I'm in Houston, so a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive, yeah. so I just popped up there. No, it's some, I hear some good stuff, man, Yeah, for sure. They got a lot of good coaches in there that present and yeah. talk baseball. All pretty similar is it kind of like, sp- like spitballed there since there's so many guys. I think they try to bring in guys that talk about different uh, – it's like different aspects of the game. Yeah. You know? Have someone talk mechanics, have someone talk yeah. running a college practice and stuff like that. It's mostly for coaches, so 
Yeah, I know Corbs always talks about like the preparation, I think, is like his big and like culture building or something like that. Yeah. But culture building. That was like our whole fall. That's all we did all fall. Like we'd play or whatever, but we'd have two hour meetings about well, like us, you know, team traits and all this stuff. But probably why we were the way we were, I would think. You guys had a good run of it while you were there though. Won a lot of games, man. Yeah. I think won like fifty two games a year, not three years. Yeah. So it makes it a lot easier to like Well when you have a game of when you have a schedule of fifty six games, that's pretty freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was crazy. It was funny, man. The I think the best team I was on was the team that didn't get didn't go to Omaha. Because we we were twenty six and three in conference our freshman year. Yeah. And then we got beat in a super regional by Louisville. They had some they had some dudes on that team too. It was um what year was that? Thirteen. I don't remember if I knew anyone on that team. Dace Keim was there. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a couple. The reliever years. for New York, uh, what's his name? Green. Something. Yeah. Shane he was. Green. He was on the team, I think. Hey, this guy named Jeff Thompson that had like the best start of his life against us. Corey Eggy or Edgy or something like that, lefty for Miami. Yep. He was on it. Too. They were loaded. Yeah. But we faced. Uh, my junior year, we had, uh, we hosted regionals, faced University of San Francisco yeah. as a four seed, and Kyle Zimmer just shoved it against us. I forgot who went there. He's like 98 to 100 the whole game, yeah. gave up two hits. You're just like, okay, like, what are we doing? how are you guys a four seed? Right. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, you win at least a third of your game. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Hmm. Fun, fun times in college, though, man. For sure, it's different. Was that the, was that the most fun you had playing baseball? Or yeah, because my high school team wasn't very good, so that you know we were okay, but it wasn't. That was the first time I really like won, so that was it was new and different, and yeah. Obviously, you go through kind of that time period of your life. I feel like you're gonna like get close to to your guys. Yeah, especially because every game there means the world. You know, right? It's the, the importance is like. We got to win today, and if you lose, it's like this big like, yeah. event. Then you get to pro ball, and it's like, you're in the minor leagues. We just yeah. want you to get your work in. Develop. We don't really care if you win or lose. You're going to be on this pitch count. Yeah. You're just like, what? <laughs> Coming yeah, that's funny. straight out of College World Series. Yeah, it's funny. I, I love like the whole turn the page thing. Like, yeah. Once you get to pro ball, it's like, oh, this college doesn't matter. It's like, oh, man, like... <laughs> It did a lot, you yeah, know. Yeah, actually, like, I actually really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little bit like the, uh, like the ex-girlfriend. Like, yeah, I, I did have a good time with my ex. Like, and your new girl, it's like, no, like I still did go do this stuff. Like, this yeah, is, you know, it's part of my life. Yeah, yeah. But what do we got here? Looks like some rice and shrimp. I'll try uh, it. And some other stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure. I literally don't eat anything that swims, but for the sake of this show, I will try this. You're a no-fish guy, huh? I don't eat anything that swims. Like, nothing. Wow. So he's Whole a, life, or did you have a bad experience? No, like, I had, my parents told me I had, like, a big thing of catfish when I was a kid and, like, loved it. I still dispute it, because I <laughs> hate it. And I literally just can't do it. There's like, you know, I like calamari a little bit at Fleming's only. That's the only place oh. I like it because they put all this sauce all over it. Oh, yeah. So and you can't even taste the actual food. You just get the breading. And right, the and I only like like half the pieces. Like if I can taste any of it, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
No, we go to, have you been to that sushi place in Westgate, like Kabuki or whatever? Yeah. So I get the barbecue beef roll. Like, I love yeah. that place because they literally have a cooked beef sushi roll. Yeah. One of my best friends. You know Cody Bikel by any chance? Uh-uh. Um, May, was he with us for like a minute? Who yeah. am I thinking of? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like dark hair, long hair. Threw really know. hard. It was like a second rounder at one point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he, him and I have been tight forever, and he was the same exact way. He's just like, every time we'd go out to sushi, he's like, uh, I'm going to get the cooked chicken. For like, yeah, you only have like three options on the very yes. back page. It's the kid's menu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you'd always get that. I don't know what happened. I hadn't seen him in about a year. I met up with him earlier this spring. He works for the Indians down in the front yeah. office. And uh, someone suggested sushi. And I was like, ah, you know, Cody's not, not a big sushi guy. He's like, no, no, that's fine. I eat sushi now. I'm like, dude, what happened? He's like, oh, I don't know. I just tried it, got over my fear, had a, had a good piece. And it was pretty good. Oh, God. So there's hope for you still. I know, I've done <laughs> it, man. We went to, I went to New York with one of my buddies and my girlfriend, his wife, this year. Um, you know, we were kind of out in New York, so it was getting later in the evening, and I tried this piece of octopus, and it was great. But I still can't. If I'm not in that state of mind, I will not try it. <laughs> well, everybody was like, yeah. I was like, it tastes like steak to me. And they're like, yeah. it tastes nothing like steak, Walker. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just let me have this one, man. I like, I'm a big seafood guy. I, did, I went to Iceland, and... Had fermented shark. Oh, that's like exactly like a fear. <laughs> One of my worst fears. Yeah, it was pretty bad. What's your favorite stadium you've been to so far? I think St. Louis, probably. Yeah. And it was just a cool time when we went there. It was like near the end of the year. We were kind of in this weird like we have four or five teams that all need to win. So big games there. It was cool. I got to pitch against Flaherty second time. So he and I have pitched against each other in double A a few times. And then twice in the big leagues now. So I have that kind of uh, pitching against you again. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a rivalry. Yeah, it's cool. He's a good dude, though. Really, He's really, really good. Who's the best guy you faced in the minor leagues? Is there a guy that like, stood out? Hitter? Yeah. Dude, I don't know. Because I... I was in the minor leagues for, you know, seven-eighths of a season. Yeah. I started in high A and then ended up in the big leagues that year, so. You're bad? Well, not that. It's just I don't think I faced guys enough times to be like, oh, yeah. this guy's really good. Yeah. Uh, Willie Calhoun was really good in the minor leagues when mm -hmm. he got traded to Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, really good. How are you doing? Thank you. Yes, sir. We faced, uh, I was in double A in Mobile. The season that Gaddis came back from and started playing again. Yeah. So we play five game series. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. We play five game series, and uh, he came in. In the first three games, he hit five homers. Just like, just balls are just disappearing. Yeah. Probably swinging exactly the same way oh. he does now. I'm just sitting there like charting, like who is this guy? He's got no <laughs> batting gloves. He's yeah. like spread out, like just like this. Like a caveman, and I'm like, uh, there's no way this guy's good. Boom! It's like 450. And ball's the same thing now. It's crazy. He's my favorite at bat in the big leagues. Really? Yeah. Because it's exactly what baseball should be. I feel like you, sh you would agree with this. But, uh, Throw it hard, swing hard? Exactly. Yeah. So until this pat, the last at bat I faced him this year, 
he grounded out to third. Before yeah. that, he was two for 12 with 10 strikeouts and two, two homers. homers. Yeah. That's exactly what baseball should be. Yeah. And you just know it's like, I'm either going to get you or you're going to get me. There's no right. in between, which is great. That's where the game's going, I feel like. I feel like it's more and more like that now. It's kind of what happened in the NBA. Like, the mid-range jump shot. Is like, I tried to watch an NBA game two days ago. I wanted to shoot myself. It was horrible. <laughs> was like, I watched a lot of the UK games, so I'm used to, like, yeah. the college, like, picks and all this stuff, and it's just, like, I feel like you're watching them at, like, the wreck. Yeah. You know, and there's unbelievable, obviously, but I was just like, all right, I'm going yeah. to the phone. I'm not, I can't watch this. <laughs> NBA basketball is not my style. I'm a huge Duke fan, yeah. so I watch college basketball right. nonstop. And then, like, I'm, I'll be fans of all these Duke guys that go to the league and just completely lose track of them. Yeah. I'll occasionally watch, like, the finals, like, the championship games, you know, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't get too big into the March Madness stuff anymore. I just follow, like, Kentucky. That's yeah. it. Well, they're always a pretty big part of March Madness, so... Yeah, it's weird, man. I don't know how they do it. I finally got to meet Kyle Party this year, which was kind of cool. That's Went sweet. over to practice, and that was cool. But... You just, I don't think you realize how big those guys are unless you're like... It's unbelievable, man, because you look at them on the court and they all just look the Similar. same size, yeah. so you just assume they're normal-sized people. Right. Then you stand next to them and you're like, what's up, dude? Yeah, you're like, you're all this big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, literally one of my favorite things in the world is like the, like, figure, find something that somebody looks like. Uh, what do you got for me? Oh, uh, so... <laughs> I think my favorite one's like Charlie Culberson and Swanson, like looking alike. I think is the funniest thing ever, <laughs> just because I know them both so well. Yeah. But I got uh, Andrew Miller. Okay. Is you seen Men in Black? Yeah. The Worms from Men that, in Black. So that's what Yaz called me all last year. I was like, Come on, man, that's not it. <laughs> Brutal. Just the like the long, skinny, like lanky, just kind of yeah. That's that's all I see when I look at Andrew. It's just funny, a worm man. from Men in Black. Yeah. And then Swanson, for a long time, I thought he looked like Grichik, too. Like, they all three could be, like, twin brothers, triplets. I'll have to check that out. I'll have to look at that. Uh, I've got this thing saved on my phone. I'll show you. They'll be like, what? The, uh... What's it called? The Braves put this out. And it's the... It's Culberson and Swanson, like... <clears throat> Half and half. Oh gosh! And it, you, you're like, if you quick looked at it, you'd be like, oh, it's just one person. <laughs> it's the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. You a big meme guy? Oh what? Oh yeah. Yeah, it literally looks like. Uh, it's insane. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So Roberto Perez had a, like a nerve or something. It's, I think it's like Bell's palsy or something like that. Um, really? So like one of his, like one part of his face like stopped working for a little bit. Yeah. And that's literally like, it looked like that could be one person with like Bell's palsy. Right. It's like a little bit of droop on one side and that's it. Just like a little difference. Yeah. No, it was, it was funny. You big, uh, you big meme guy? Not really, man. I, like, I, kn I know what everybody's talking about. I just never, like, get into it. I, like, I just, I don't think they're that funny. I don't know why. Because, like, I'll see some and I'll be like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. But I just don't follow it at all. But More Twitter or Instagram? 
Twitter to me is just like my newspaper. Like, That's exactly how I use it. I yeah. want to see what like current events, like what's going on. Yeah. But and then Instagram, same thing. It's just more like probably more of my like friends. But yeah. Uh, oh, it's weird how how important that is now for us, like off the field and stuff. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, I looked at your Instagram, and I know that I learned three things about you. You play baseball for the Dodgers. Yep, that's all I can do. You golf. Uh huh. And you do work with charities. Yep, I do. And you combine golf and charities. Yeah. So you do two things. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, that was a cool deal, though, man. Yeah, so, tell me, tell me about that. So I went to JT's two years ago. Uh, who his golf event is gigantic now. It's awesome. Um, and then I, I lost my uncle when I was 13, who was like a pediatric cancer survivor. So um, we just did one for Kids Cancer Alliance, which was like a Louisville-based charity. So kind of close to home and threw it together during the season. And we ended up raising like 50 grand or something our first year. So that's awesome. Yeah, and then, you know, we're not in L.A. or, you know, Lexington, Kentucky. So right. we were pretty happy about it. And, well, it was weird. It was like, how many people did you have out there? We had 22 groups, so we had... Whoa, like, foursomes? Yeah, and it was on November 5th, so Ooh. we got really lucky. It was like 40 all week, and it was like 65 by the end of the day when we were playing. So it was pretty cool. We'll do it again this year. We're just going to a different course. You make it an annual thing? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the plan, but... you have a foundation you run that through, or just... Uh-uh. I've got, you know, we kind of... I talked to JT about it, and... Whoops. Like, the big thing for me is, like... You've got to be raising enough money every year to like have any reason to have a foundation. So yeah. we've kind of got benchmarks of if we if we get to where we want to be, then then we'll look into that stuff. But for now, we just kind of ran it right through the charity, which was nice because you didn't have to do all the tax information yeah. and all that stuff. So it gets complicated, man. But yeah, it was a cool deal for sure. Do you have other guys? Uh, you have people that have been affected by it out there, or? Yeah, I mean, just my uncle was kind of always the inspiration for it for, for me. Um, and then one of my mom's best friend's child had leukemia and, and you know, still, still dealing with it. But, uh, no, it's just, you know, if you've got to pick a cause, I think you've got to go with one that you can kind of connect with in some way. So, um, no, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's huge. If you can get something that you're passionate about, yeah, you have a personal like, connection to. Well, it's the only way in like during 162 games that you're gonna like take the phone call at 11 in the morning to or call the golf course or you know what I mean. Right. That's the only way you're gonna be able to do it is if you, you really. Did you set most of it up yourself? Yeah, my agency helped with it a lot. Um, yeah. I kind of put like the framework into it, and then all the logistics of like getting the stuff reserved and sending out the whatever was all through them, but. Um, like I talked to the golf course people the first time, and hey, I want to do this, and what are the options, and blah blah blah. So is that a course you play at quite a bit? When you're it, home? No, I've, it was actually the first time I ever played it, but it's where my house is, so uh, it was just easy logistically to do it that way. Um, yeah. But then I joined one of the country clubs at home this year, so it's like eight minutes from my house. So we're gonna do it there. But Sweet. What's your handicap? I'm like a ten, so I rarely go. I never go under eighty. I rarely go over ninety. But yeah. Serviceable. My dad was really good. Yeah, really, really good. Is he the one that taught you? Yeah, he was like a four for a long time. He shot like a 67 at one point, 66, something wow. like that. At like a TPC course, it's like his whole claim to fame. But <laughs> um, no, he's he's better than I am. Ma makes me really, really angry. <laughs> but, uh, 
No, it was cool. But, you know, it was his brother that passed away, my uncle, and so, like, playing with him, you know, in my own event was really, really cool. And we had a lot of, a lot of companies help us out and stuff like that, so. That's sweet. You get a, you get a, a really cool, um, I don't know exactly how to describe it. Like, it changes your perspective when you work with charities. Yeah, like absolutely. Keeps you grounded. Yeah, for sure. Which is nice. Yeah, I talked to Kirsch about that, because his, his stuff is huge now. Yeah, like the Kershaw Foundation and stuff like that. And, you know, they go, he goes to Dominican, like, every year and just kind of changes yeah. the way everyone looks at things, I think. Yeah, he's done a really good job with his platform of, like, yeah. making, like, really impactful change and helping a lot of people. Right, well, I think the other thing is he didn't even have an Instagram until, like, a couple months ago. It was all just, like, if you wanted any access to him at all on social media, it was through his foundation. Yeah. You know, so, pretty cool deal. And then we did Pujols' last night, which was cool. They had, like, the whole top floor of Top Golf and there was a bunch of, bunch of guys there, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, fun stuff. Anytime you get guys together, just like, yeah, hang sure. out and be, be guys. Yeah, that's, no, that's cool. It's a good time. I, uh, I've never actually golfed on a golf course. Really? Yeah. Driving range only, huh? Three times at a driving range. Oh my god! Like I will, I will definitely swing and miss it. Like my fair share of balls. Really? <laughs> that's interesting. I got a hit in the big leagues, but I can't hit a stationary golf ball. Yeah. <laughs> It's funky, man. It's one of the weirder. It's like the most mental game, I gotta believe. But, like, it's so like you can be so good off the tee, you're so good at one part, but like I can't putt, so I just can't score. <laughs> it's like I'll never be good until I can putt at least a little bit. Gotta go to putt putt, man. Get oh, some mini golf in. Horrible, man. <laughs> but no, living in LA for golf is pretty, pretty cool. We get to play some really cool courses and stuff, so. We enjoyed it. Not many of our guys play. I feel like it's kind of like a lost, lost thing. One of my agents played in like the '90s, and he was like, "Yeah, we played four days a week." Yeah, <laughs> like half our team does that. They really? Go up to like, they get into a city, like 11:30 or midnight, and they're up at six yeah. to go play 18. We, I literally think I might be the only guy that picked up a golf club during the season last year. Wow. I play with one of our coaches all the time. It's that's a weird deal. It's interesting the cultures of different teams, like how what they'll pick up and like. Yeah, the big thing I think for us is that LA is just so spread out that yeah, it's hard to like. Makes it a little bit harder to like do stuff with your teammates well, shit, outside you of the field. You can't drive anywhere in any sort of timely manner. No, it's horrible. I spent 20 years of my life there. I got out yeah. as soon as I could. Where do you live at in LA? Uh, so last year I actually did the hotel most of the time. We were just really yeah in downtown. Uh, I did Airbnbs here and there, but I never got like a place. Yeah. Um, but kind of Marina del Rey, Venice area is kind of where, where I like. So yeah, we're in hot pursuit of an apartment. Huh. How's that for uh, a guy from Kentucky? It's a completely different. It is different. gig. Is that a? Uh, could you see yourself living there at any point, like full time or? I mean, yeah, like playing wise, I could like. I have no problem living there in the season. Like, I like yeah. L.A., but it's not. Thank you. It's just different. Um, so I think I'll never not have a place at home, but. Right. Um, Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So for our second course, we have a butter lettuce salad, a lot of garden veggies in there, heirloom uh, 
cherry tomatoes, radishes, caracara, oranges, and a honey citrus vinaigrette. Cool. Thank you. It was delicious. Some fancy stuff coming out of this here. <laughs> you, uh, you a beach guy? Yeah, but not like a big ocean guy. Like I got no, like I like being by the beach. Like yeah. I told somebody, they're like, "Why do you want to live that far from the field?" And I was like, "Dude, I just like opening my car door at the end of the like when I get home and like smelling the water. Like that's it." But I'm a big sleeping guy, so it's not like I get out and like <laughs> hit the waves before I pitch or anything. I'm right there with you, man. I get up at like 11:30 or noon, yeah. get some food, and go to the field. I don't even get food. I just get in the car and go to the field. <laughs> How long does it take you to get to the field? 35 minutes. Well, that's not bad at all. Yeah, but that's like, like there's nowhere you can live. That's not. Like a lot of our guys live in one little area. But outside of that, that's going to be about as good as you're going to get. I grew up going to Dodger Stadium. That was my, I was a big Dodger fan. It's a cool oh, spot. Yeah. Sit out in the bleachers, like for BP, try to catch homers. Like, have the radio broadcast. We get that. a lot of them out there. Like every day, there's the same people. I don't know what they do, how they're there every day, but they are. How about that, right? So you show up to the hotel in any city at oh. two in the morning or something, and there's ten people. It's like oh, yeah. asking for autographs. You show up to the field the next day at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. It's the same there's guy. Same yeah. people. Like, what do you do? Is this what you do? I don't understand it. It's odd to me. Yeah. Like, I honestly try to put myself in their shoes. I'm like, okay, I want to understand, like, how this person thinks and, like, oh. what's, what's going on. Like, can I ever see myself, like, waiting for someone's autograph like that? Right. Like, I'm a musician, a movie star, anything like that, and I literally can't think of someone in my head that I would, right. like, wait for hours yeah. to try to get them to sign something. Yeah, I'm big on like the teammate thing. Like I try and every year get the staff to like sign a ball or yeah. all the hitters to sign a bat, but. Yeah, I mean I have a, so when we clinched in 2016, we had the golden champagne bottle. And get everyone to sign that, mm -hmm. like a little memorabilia piece. It's great, you know? Yeah, one of the coolest ones I've seen, I worked out at Kirsch's house two off seasons ago. One day I just flew in, kind of hung out with them for the day and then flew home. <clears throat> and I think every All-Star game, but I know a lot of them, he's got every guy on his team like in his number. So it's not like big and spread. It's just like this concise and just in the number. It's really, really cool. Hmm. Makes for a really good shadow box. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're all over his gym. He's got a cool little, cool little setup there. How's he doing? Good. He's like throwing again. And so we'll see. But it was his back and stuff that bugged him, right? I don't know. I think, you know, it's just, you know, he's done it a long time. <laughs> like, oh, that's a fact, yeah. It's been so good for so long. It's really crazy. When people talk about it, like he had a down year last year. And yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, I wonder what his numbers were. And then you look, and it's like, what are you, what? <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, like Russell Martin was saying the other day, I guess, like, the last time he caught Kershaw, he didn't even have his slider yet or something mm -hmm. like that. And it's like top five pitch in the game. It's kind of yeah. a weird. Well, that's what I knew him as when he first came up, right? He had this massive like overhand curveball that, was, that no one could touch. That was it. Like fastball curveball. And now you watch him pitch and like, he very rarely even throws it. It's just like he developed a slider that no one can hit. <laughs> yeah. like our old bullpen coach, I guess back when he was 
like consistently the best pitcher in the game, said that if he threw 10 curveballs in a game, like he couldn't be beat or something like that. Like they just believe that if he threw it 10 times, like you couldn't, couldn't get to him. Hmm. But he's just, he's a different bird. Who's your favorite player to watch? On our team? In the league in general? Or other sports? Um, I mean, Arenado probably. Just kind of the consistent, like, both sides of the ball. He's never overwhelmed. He just plays the game slow. Um, he's probably, I would say him. He's fun to watch, man. Yeah, and we Some get of the that. stuff he pulls off defensively is just ridiculous. It's, it's insane. It sucks even worse when it's like against you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but. How's pitching in Colorado? It's different, I, man. I pitched there one time. I walked five guys. I kept like painting the outside corner. I'm like, that's a strike. I'd go in and it was like two inches off. Yeah. There's like ten pitches like that. Cause I'm it's used to weird. my fastball running like four or five bit. inches. Yeah. You know, there's dead straight. Yeah, I, I literally can't throw two seam fastballs there. That's like the only big difference. And then yeah. you have to like try and make your breaking balls smaller. Cause that's the only way you like will get to them enough there. But my two seam cuts every time I throw it there. So. How do you like, is there a change that you try to make like in, or just no, you just throw have, different stuff? Yeah, you have to like do it once or twice and you're like, all right, this is never gonna work here and this is fine here. And then you just kind of have to go with what you got, but you can even see like their guys, like home road usage, stuff like that is completely different. Interesting. But it is what it is. I think they do a good job now. They're trying to get more like high punch out guys there. Yeah. For a while they had all these like sinker guys. It's like, fellas, it's just not gonna, it's probably not it in Colorado. The ball doesn't move. The biggest thing there is just the field is so big. Cause you gotta contain the home runs. Yeah. And then so every little thing falls. Yeah. And you, there's triples all day, gaps are massive. Yeah, like compounds on you there. Yeah. Tell me about the uh, World Series. Um, I mean, you come up. It's wild, man. And then like you have this like crazy run. I think the weirdest thing about it is like, A, you're never 100% sure you'll ever get to play in one. Mm-hmm. And then I was on the team in September in 17, they go, and you're like, oh God, like, did they waste the bullet and I didn't get to be a part of it, you know? And then we get back there and it just so happens that it's like the two, you know, two of the most traditional power teams, you know, game one, World Series in Boston. It's just like... Coastal City, yeah. Yeah, Boston it was Marcus. just cool, man. Yeah. But yeah, obviously the result, you want different, but still something that... I've been there. Sucks. <laughs> it's tough, man. But you're in a good spot. Still pretty young. Yeah. Got some time. Yeah, 24. Wow. That's crazy. It's crazy how old I feel compared to some of our guys. Like, Julio is like 21. And he's like, got a whole, you know, year and a half. And you're like, what? Yeah. That's crazy the direction baseball's going now. Like, it used to be you didn't see guys in the league until they were 25, 26. Right. Unless they were these just like, like Felix Hernandez. Right. It was just... Yeah, it was like 20 or 25. There was no like... Yeah. Oh, he's 22, he's a rookie, he's 24, you know. Now it's like young guys come up when they're ready, 19, 20, 21. Right. 
and then like there's some few other guys like older guys once you hit 30 it's like you're done right which is crazy i saw some stat the other day about um like rookie hitting war is like you know in the 90s it was like 20 every year that was like average and now it's like 70 or 80 something like that yeah it's pretty incredible the free agency market's been pretty interesting the last two years yeah it's like so much like space in the middle yeah get guys that'll get like short small deals and like guys are getting paid on the top end right you know Especially this year, Arnado, Machado, and Harper. Yeah. Got, like these massive deals. Yeah, the other, the flip side of that, though, is I think people have expected this year to be that year for a long time. Like, I don't think, like, I don't think anyone overspent or, you know what I mean? Like, people have known those guys are going to get paid. Yeah. They're generational. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's interesting. It does, it does make you think different for sure, but I'm still so far away from kind of that realm now. Yeah. That, you it's a realistic thing for me now, like, looking at it. Yeah, you're on the whole one-year thing, huh? Yep, my whole career. Don't want to get shot with a paintball gun. <laughs> Moral oh, of the story, funny. don't make stupid bets. That's funny, man. No, that's man I'm excited for it, though, actually. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, like, really cool stuff that can come from it, you know? Yeah. Always get to be on a contender. Yeah. I, want to, I want to pitch every fourth day, too, instead of every fifth. Really? So figure if I can get a team to, or I if I can take that. more risk, you know. Only one year they don't risk injury on the back end of a big contract, yeah. so more likely to do that. Yeah, kind of social experiment yourself a little bit. That's, I'm a guinea pig. I'm my <laughs> own guinea pig. I collect all sorts of data on myself every day. It's like wild. Yeah. I'm just so far opposite of that. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to throw a hundred. I'm not athletically gifted. So. Like, I don't think I literally don't think I stepped on a scale all off season. Like, I just <laughs> like outside of the gym, like two weeks before spring. Like, all right, we're we're close, we're good. <laughs> I'm on a scale every single day. I got force plates, so I take my weight, and jump, all this different stuff. Yeah, that's like a once once a year deal for me, when they, <laughs> and they make me do it at spring. It's just different. It's weird how there's so many different ways to do it now. Yeah. That's one of the coolest things about like just being in the clubhouse. Like every literally everybody in the clubhouse got their different way. Yeah. Different absolutely. background, different, you know, upbringing, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, think about just our clubhouse, like like my locker's next to Hills and then Kirsch, it's like, all right, whatever. Super high pick out of high school, good player for a while, indie ball, comes back, big contract. It's just it's crazy. I mean, I'm next to uh, Jose Ramirez is right near me. Yeah. He grew up with, like, basically no house, like, no running water. Wild. In, like, the super remote area of the Dominican. Yeah. And then you got, like, I grew up in a middle-income... Yeah, suburban. Suburban yeah. family. Yeah. yeah. White picket fence. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, yeah, so my <coughs> sophomore... Sophomore... Summer into junior, we went to Cuba with the USA team. Oh, that's oh god! Like this is—I've never seen anything like this. And then that fall too, we went to the Dominican with our college team. So, pretty quickly, you kind of wow, you got the whole gambit. Yeah. I went to—I got to go to Japan. Yeah. With Team USA, that was sick. You ever been there? Mm-hmm. You got to go. 
Well, just the whole 14 hour, 15 hour, 18 yeah, hour in a plane tough. just it's absolutely tough. scares the hell out of me. So I, uh, so we did, <clears throat> we were in North Carolina for the uh, trials. No. So I select the team and we did like a little East Coast tour. Um, so we end up, the last day we end up in Boston and we're going to play an exhibition uh, at Fenway. But it was raining that day, so we didn't end up getting to play. We got to take yeah. DP on the field and stuff. But, yeah. So we're like in the clubhouse wondering if we're going to get to play or not. And Tito walks in. Yeah. And he's like, you know, shaking everybody's hand, whatever, you know, just talking to the guys. Right. So when I got traded over to the Indians, I was like, I was like, you know, I don't know if you remember or not. I actually met yeah. you in 2009. He goes, oh, yeah, you were there with Team USA and this yeah. and that. I can remember the whole thing. It's pretty cool. So I go out for dinner that night in Boston um, with Brad Miller. Okay. And uh, the next day, it's like 7 a.m., we have a ride to the airport, show up, go and check our baggage. And I'm like, all right, you know, you need your passport and whatever. Yeah. So I like take my backpack off. And like as soon as I took my backpack off to get my passport, I was like, I don't have my passport. Yeah. Because it was a different backpack than I normally have. <laughs> so I keep my passport like in a certain right. pocket of my backpack, but we got the Team USA branded oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And I just like, I transferred everything over, but forgot. One to, slot. Yeah. Just like pure panic, like I'm taking off. I'm like, I don't have it. Yeah. It's back in North Carolina, maybe, because they're going to ship our stuff like right. back home or whatever. Oh, God. Brad forgot his passport. So luckily, there's an intern in at Cary at the, at the complex that went through and like found our stuff, found the passports, overnighted it. We caught, we caught the same 14-hour flight the next morning, met Jesus. up with the team in Japan, and like, that's wild. Got you know, got super lucky. But, yeah. uh, I, had to, I did the whole like expedited getting, because I didn't have a passport. Uh, so I had one when I was like a kid, and then I had never gotten a new one because I never needed it. So I was in the Cape playing. I had to like drive to Boston, like do that, go back, make the games, like get this whole expedited deal going. Yeah. Because I was only with USA for that one trip. Yeah. So I was there for seven days. And then I went back to the Cape. Um, That's interesting. We had the playoffs, man. In the Cape? Mm-hmm. How was that? I never went to awesome. the Cape. It was awesome. Well, we, that was the year we won Omaha. So we played until... You pitched in the Cape after you pitched in the College World Series? And USA. Why? Had to. I got two, <laughs> I got two rings that year. <laughs> it was awesome. How many innings did you throw? 140. Jesus. I was a midweek starter, too. Like in college. Yeah. I, mean, I threw 135 all the way through the last game of Omaha in 2010. And just like, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I just shut it down. Well, I was only at 102, like through our season. Oh, okay. So then I threw. So you just decided to pitch for everybody in the yeah, summer? Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to play for USA. I wanted to win in the Cape. I liked our team. Like, we had a really cool team, a lot of good guys. So yeah. we went back. I made two starts. The only thing that sucked is it was like three days. We only had like three days at home, two days at home before I had to go back to school. Yeah. Um, so they won it, and my grandmother had come up to like help me drive back or whatever. Yeah. And we like kept winning these playoff games. So my grandmother had to be, she was there probably 10 days. Oh, wow. Maybe two weeks. So I pitched my last game, which was the first game of the championship thing. And we hightailed at home, so they like win the next day and we're like in West Virginia like watching it on a little screen. I was like, oh. You weren't even there for the celebration? No. <sighs> that sucks. Celebrations are the best. Oh yeah. I got into, uh, 
So I, I signed in 2011, ended up going out and playing that year, finished up in AA, when yeah. the AA team won the championship that yeah. year. So celebrated, got a ring. The next year I start off in AA, get called up to AAA like a month and a half into the season. Yeah. Then get called up to the big leagues for 20 days, sent back down, finished here in AAA. Well, we won the whole thing in AAA. And yeah. the AA team won the whole thing again. So, so I got, got two like rings. Seven rings, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my first year and uh, a month right. in the minor leagues, I had three rings. Yeah. Like I'm already starting to size one for my pinky and stuff <laughs> like that. And then like 2016, we go to the World Series and we're up 3 1. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to have four rings. This yeah. is pretty sick. And then just, nope. That'll happen. That'll happen. Yeah. No, we had the similar, my first year off of surgery, I went to low A for like three weeks or something, and we won the whole thing. And it's like, what are you going to do, man? (laughs) Sorry. How was the the recovery from surgery? It was was good, man. Mine was like perfect. I I think Dr. Alatrosh did mine, I guess he did. Uh, He did it perfect, I guess. I don't know. but. I made my first start 367 days after they did the surgery. Wow. So What was the worst part about it? And they used to get mad at me because they'd tell me to throw like a certain percentage and I had like this new <laughs> toy, dude, and I couldn't like not throw. <laughs> um, so I remember my first live, I was like 94, 96 or 98 or something <laughs> like that. And they were like, what are you doing? I was like, I, I'm just throwing the ball down the middle, man. Like, <laughs> but, no. But the worst is just like the first six months where you just have no idea what's gonna happen. Like, perfect. Yeah, just, yeah. You just got no clue. Like, you haven't thrown, you can't do anything. Awesome. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks. So, for our entrees, we have pan seared filet. On the bottom is a red mole sauce, pepper jack uh, mash, and some pickled veg. Perfect. And then, then for your wine, is a 2014 Bordeaux. Okay, thank you. And then, can we get forks? Forks, forks. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, yeah, dude, not knowing, like, that it's the worst. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I got, broke my shin last year, and then it's like, it's just like a waiting game. Yeah. Like, I can't do anything, just gotta wait for it to hopefully heal. Right. And then, it sucks. Yeah, it's, like, you know this ligament's in there, and it's good, and... Like, it feels fine, but there's so many little hurdles that you don't, you know, somebody that has never done it wouldn't really. Yeah. It's just hard to explain. It's like the first time you really let one go, it's scary. Off the mound, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have a moment where the scar tissue, like... I never had anything. Nothing like that? Because some guys I talk to have, like, they throw and scar tissue breaks free. Yeah, it's like... The, and they feel like they tore it yeah. again. Yeah. So yours was just super, super smooth. Yeah, the only issue I ever had was like, I'd still hear, like if I press here, it feels like there's like a worm in the back of my elbow, which Ooh. is like the weirdest. But it's just where something like is on a nerve or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that was like the only odd thing. But I've seen, you know, guys get some weird stuff like that. True or false, you've pitched through the College World Series <laughs> with a torn ligament. <laughs> I I can't answer that question. <laughs> 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 
I've heard I can so. tell you I did pitch three games last year with a broken with two broken ribs that we didn't realize. But how'd that happen? I got hit with a comebacker. One hundred and eight. I threw a two senior story like down away, <laughs> and he just like clipped it and right off my ribs. You get glove on it or anything? No, just straight. Just straight. Oh, brutal. And kept pitching was fine. My velo was fine the next couple outings, and then I was throwing against Atlanta. Like the sixth inning, I was like normal velocity, normal velocity, normal. Get to the sixth inning, I'm throwing fine. It's like first fastball innings, like 91 miles an hour. Like, yeah, we got to get you out of there, man. <laughs> I was like, all right. So that was a weird Scared, one. dude. I've uh, seen, I got hit with a liner. I've seen Carrasco get hit two or three times. He yeah. broke his wrist. He got hit in the head. Like One of the scariest things in the game, scary, man. man. Especially with how, like, the power of the game now. The like, guys are throwing so hard. Yeah. The guys are swinging so hard. Mm-hmm. It's like. Balls are routinely coming off the bat, 108, 110, 115. Yeah. No, it's wild. It's really odd. But I don't know. Kind of, kind of part of it, but at the same time, like, like that ball's, you know, clipped half an inch lower. Like it's right off my forehead. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had one, uh, Gregory Polanco. Like, probably three weeks or something before I got hit in the shin. Polanco clipped one. Like I threw it. I finished, I like reacted to get my glove up. Yeah. And I just missed it. And I was like, oh, like it must have gone over my head or whatever. It wasn't that close. And yeah. I look at the video and the ball like misses my forehead by like yeah, an yeah. inch and my glove, like it goes like right in between the two. Yeah, and that's the problem is that you have no clue like how close that stuff really is. You know what I mean? Like in the no. moment, because it's going so fast. It just happens so fast that you can't, there's nothing you can do. You ever had someone charge a mound on you? Uh-uh. No, I've thought a lot about it. And I think with my size and stature, I've got to be really accurate with a glove throw. And then I think it's possibly a drop kick. I think that's <laughs> I think that's my only chance. That is fantastic to hear. Mine is literally the exact same. That's, I think it's all I'm, you can do. I'm waiting until he gets about 10 feet from me. I'm just gonna loft the glove up, just, oh, just to like like the dodgeball move. Yeah, just to yeah. distract him a little bit, and then I'm just throwing a kick. No, I don't I know if I'm throwing see. a kick to the knee, to the stomach, what? Just cleans like, first. That's a bad deal, man. We're like picking Joe Kelly's brain about it because we just got him, and he yeah. had a big one last year. Yeah. He was like, "Listen, man, like I've been the smallest guy in every fight I've ever been in. Like I'm supposed to lose, so if I get anything done, <laughs> I look fine." <laughs> actually a good mindset to have on that. That, uh, well, the big one on that is the uh, Grinky and... Uh, oh, yeah, the collarbone. Car- was it Carlos Quentin? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he'd hit him a couple times. I, I've seen, like, obviously, like, Dodger Twitter, like, or Dodger Instagram, like, all these videos come up with, like, old stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, don't know if it was intentional or not. Don't know what the whole story was, but yeah, that was a really bad deal. But that's like the scary part of all that stuff, man. Like, it's not just what the ball can do. Yeah. Like, we had a couple, nothing, we didn't have any really like, serious ones last year, but like, stuff didn't really happen in the minor leagues. So when you see it in the big leagues for the first that time. That is false, my friend. I mean, it does, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some stuff go down in the minor leagues. 
Well, yeah, I think they get worse in the minor leagues, but there's a lot more, like, at risk, you know what I mean, for guys. Mm-hmm. But there's a really bad one in Reno. No. When I was there. But, yeah, you don't want to see, like, Giancarlo Stanton. No. Coming at you. No. Like, there's nobody smaller than me. Yeah. So, there's <laughs> nobody that I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, bring it on, man. Like, you're not taking on Altuve? Uh, he's got to be stronger than me. Like, you can't <laughs> hit like that if you're that little. Like, I know, like, Tony Kemp and I played in college together. Like, that's a strong dude. Like, he's little, but he is strong. That's the only way you can play that game. And he doesn't really have juice, except he took me deep last year, which made me very angry. <laughs> college teammate got you? Yeah, like, down in slider, supposed to be the one that you can't tell, he just clipped it. And I was like, oh, God. I, uh, I've given up a worse one, I guarantee it. I gave up a homer on a down-in slider. Mm -hmm. It was like probably a foot off the plate in to mm. Andy Chavez in Seattle nice. to break like a three-year homerless streak. Well, that'll <laughs> happen. Bohr took me oppo last year, which I don't think, I don't know if he's ever done before. And we looked at the video and the ball was on the white. Like, literally had to be seven inches off the plate. Eddie Rosario had a series against us in Minnesota. I threw him a slider that was a foot off the plate in, homer. A fastball that was both above the zone and off the plate in, homer. Clevenger threw him 95 on the white, down and away at the knees, homer the opposite field. Yeah. And then Cody Allen, 95, up and away on the corner, homer. Yeah. It's like, what are you gonna do? I, we've literally tried all quadrants. Right. We, we haven't tried down the middle yet. I guess right. we'll just feed you heaters down no. the middle. <laughs> that's like the one place you can go when guys are hot, I feel like. That's all you, it's like the only thing, the only thing you can do. You have someone yet that just owns you? Yeah, not? I mean, I still haven't faced that guys that many, guys that many times. Yeah. Um, Story for a while did. Um, he had a homer off me when I, in 17 and then couple doubles and the ball off my ribs. So, story a little bit. Uh, things have evened out a little bit. And then Calhoun got me twice one game, so. Calhoun, huh? Yeah, and he was not having the best year at the time, and I was just, it made me very angry. <laughs> they were, I think they were both oppo. Um, Otani came into our place. Well, first off, we played Otani's second, or we played the Angels' second series of the year last year. Yeah. And so, Otani got his first big league homer. Mm. He hit three against us, I think, in that series. He kind of mashes. And then, yeah, dude, it's unbelievable. And then he comes into Cleveland, he had zero road homers on the year, mm. and it's two more. Yeah. Took 95 from Clevenger, like, up and in, and just, like... Dude, it's oh. weird. I don't, I don't understand how, like, those guys get acclimated as fast as they do, because... Like, it's only, it's not like a college, like, obviously the, the baseball over there is better than college, but, like, if you're talking elite level college baseball, like, the velocities and the stuff is going to be very similar. Mm -hmm. And they do it like this, like, from there to the big leagues, no problem. It's always been really wild to me. But the new guy from over there from Seattle is pretty good. Have you seen him? I saw highlights of him pitching. I haven't seen him live yet. He got like the worst swing I've ever seen Votto take. Yeah, I, I, that's the highlight I saw. Yeah. Yeah, like the up and in curveball. He's just like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> but Votto will do that at spring training, man. 
He'll, he'll take, he takes some swings in spring training, and I'm just like, yeah. have you played this game before? Well, they said, what are you doing? But then he I've just, heard he like has these weird goals that like he just orients himself completely to. But it's, it's so Michael different. Brantley was a little bit that way. Like in the season, if he was slumping, he would literally take in a bat, and his whole goal was to foul ball off over the over the dugout, third base dugout. He's like, if I can just foul one off over there, like I'm happy. I'm with in a bat. good spot. And then he just like work it there, and you're like, okay, over the coach's box. He's like, if I can just get one kind of down the line, and then you just like slowly work yeah, back. That one'll be good to go. But I yeah, just... I mean, Votto had that streak where like three years he didn't hit a foul ball to the pull side. Yeah, it's like, wild. It's unbelievable. How you can be that? Because like hitting is a very reactionary. Right. Like you have no control of it. Right. Yeah. And just to control it that well. Yeah. Almost makes you want to just like go, throw cutters in, just to like see if you can make it happen. But yeah. You can't. That's no. the worst. But, no, I grew up a big Reds fan, so I remember Votto like early Votto. But, crazy. Who's your favorite player growing up? Junior. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it. I think most people my age, it was him, A-Rod, or Jeter. Yeah. My dad played against Junior in high school, so uh, that was a no-doubter. Yeah. But then when I really started watching, it was cool because Cincinnati had five right-handed starters at that time period, and it was all, like, completely different. So it was, like, Harang, Arroyo, Homer Bailey was around there, Matt Latos was in there, early Volquez, early Cueto. Dude. Yeah, they had all righties. studs come through there. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, it's like growing yeah. up, I was like, well, I can do it any of these different ways, you know. But And you chose to do it none of those ways. I know. <laughs> just I will throw it 100 down the middle. <laughs> I will tell you, man, the one the one guy, Latos, there was like, he had that thing where he like broke his hands like perfectly straight down and stayed back good. And I don't look anything like it when I do it, but like I try and throw like I, or try and feel like I think he feels. That's, yeah. That was like my guy. Yeah. And then my grandfather's from Michigan, so he's a huge Detroit fan. So Verlander was like nonstop on our TVs, like record the game and make me watch it kind of yeah. deal. Not a bad guy to watch. Yeah, our deliveries are pretty similar now. I saw a comparison, actually. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, he's been... World Series getting to talk to Pedro because he did a whole, <laughs> he did like this whole comparison thing. And I was like, what? Like, I never would have thought that in a million years. Yeah. But they're pretty close. That dude was one of my favorites to watch. Yeah. Like peak Pedro in like 04 Boston. Yeah, it's insane. Oh my God. It's so electric. Yeah. I, like I grew up, I was undersized right handed right. pitcher. And so guys like Lincecum, Pedro, Oswalt, yeah. like those guys Have to. were just like locked in on them. His, his stuff was just. I mean, it helps that he was getting a. A strike zone? Like I some know. Of those, dude, some I of those have this clips. argument with one of my agents all the time with Merck because he played in like '90s, like early 2000s. I'm like, man, it's just a different. Yeah. It's different now. Yeah. Like it just is. That highlight, like, so he punched out six in a row or whatever with that one All Star yeah, game. Yeah, All Star game. And just like throwing like left hand turn balls and whatever. But the, he's ringing guys up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. balls this far off. No, it was different, man. I mean, the, the discussion I had with my agent about it was like, it's always like Maddox based because he was like the biggest Maddox fan of all time. I grew up a huge Braves fan. Right. So. And I told, I think more than, like obviously I think the strike zone differences would be 
a limitation for those guys doing what they did now. But like, when you're talking like generational, like greatest of all time type guys, like Maddox could still throw really, really good pitches and hit spots in our zone and be okay. Yeah. Um, the big thing for me is just like the swings are so different that like the old school pitches don't work. Right. That's a yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, because the league goes through these trends, right? Yeah. Where you have the cutter for 10 years, right? right? And everyone gets tired of getting beat by cutters. They learn how to hit cutters right. and then it's the split or the right. whatever else it is. And also, yeah, like when Pryor and Wood were in Chicago, like they threw absolute fuego, yeah. you know? But they're 94, 95. Right. And so if you put those guys in today's game, that's like average fastball. Right. So then it, it comes down to like, how good is your breaking stuff? How yeah. well can you command it? How do you work a lineup? But the hitters also are so... So much, this day and age, they're so much more trained, I guess. Or yeah, to me, it's like they're just they're a lot of them are more athletic looking. It seems like yeah, which is actually like the opposite because they're more trained, so like they're less natural at the plate. Yeah, but like the movements, like obviously, make a lot more sense now in terms of like the physics of it or like the like what they're trying to do, which is why like if you're trying to lift, like the hole is always above it, like. That's why yeah. we all are trying to throw fours up, firm. Like, the sinker now is like the, the day off pitch yeah. for guys. Like, I sp- like, oh, yeah. thank God. Yeah, I spent an entire off season learning how to throw a two-seamer. Yeah. Because I wanted to, like, that, I wanted that Maddox, like, front hip pitch yeah. to a lefty. And the next year, the league just randomly just crushed two seams. So right. I just, I'm like, oh, well, this was a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's just, I throw it like 5% of the time. Like, pair, pull the pair, pull the shoot. Yeah. No, my two-seam right, I'll try and sink at all. That's, like, the one thing that I, I do differently than a lot of guys. So I'm just trying to, like, 45 degrees backspin my changeup. Yeah. And the only reason it has any success for me, I think, is that, like, if it's below the waist, it just barely sinks. And if it's above the waist, it stays true. And it's, like, a 15-inch 15, 15 rise pitch, so it's, like, a league average fastball. But I just want it to run. So yeah. I... The, I use it the most, like, up away lefties. Like, the up heater on one, two, like... You're just looking for, like, a weak little, like... I guess weird swings up there. Yeah. Some of them, like, do this little little sink at the top. It's just, like, it's an odd pitch, but I feel good with it, so... Yeah. There's so much more data this day and age, too. Like, you can take a guy with average stuff mm-hmm. and give him an elite plan. Yeah. Like, what Keiko did in, uh, in Houston. Yeah. Like... I feel like some of the old guys, kind of like you said with Maddox, like with that information would yeah. be more deadly than they were yeah. back then. But also the stuff, you know, it'd be an interesting thing to see if they could, right. you know, if they could compete. But Keiko is very similar to what like uh, um, Glavin, Glavin, yeah. you know, that yeah. 88 to 91 guy that yeah. picks off the outside corner and just right. chews people up. Yeah, the other thing I think in today's game too, the only... The big difference with the umpiring is like, A, they're held more, way more accountable. That's a huge Because thing, of yeah. the stack cast kind of era, which it is what it is. Like, there's some nuances of games that, like, if you think back, like, when we played in high school or even in college, like, we had, like, like the relationships where it's like, in the first inning, if you come out and throw six dart fastballs down away, like, the next inning you assumed you were going to get, like, another ball. And then, right. like, if you did it again, which I feel like in the big leagues used to be a little bit of it. And now, you know, I'm, you know, there's always like the veteran. It's hard to punch a veteran out looking if you're a rookie, but like that stuff's even 
toned down, I feel like, right. even since you were Dude, a rookie to when, now. When I first came up, like, I, so I grew up a big Braves fan. I made my debut in Atlanta, and, like, Chipper Jones hitting third. Yeah. And, like, I grew up, like, I, I had the whole right. deal, man. I had my, like, my dad and I would cut out um, pieces of paper, glue popsicle sticks to it, and, like, make the Braves, like, chop, yeah. all this different stuff, you know? <clears throat> so Chipper was my guy. Right. And so I come up, and I'm facing Chipper a third. I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. I throw him a first pitch curveball and just stuck it right there, right? Ball. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean that's a ball? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just, that's exactly what it was. It was like, this is your first start, and this is like right. the best third baseman ever. Yeah. Like, that's just not a strike. You're better throwing a fastball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And nowadays, like, if, because if an umpire does that these days, they get banged. Right. You know, and so they can't, they can't do that. It makes for some like really fun stories, like those moments. Yeah. You know, I feel like that is one of the things that kind of, like, kind of the texture, the history of baseball right. is all those stories. You know, that stuff gets lost if there's no like welcome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't, you don't just like play for three months and you're like, oh, I'm here. Like, no, you gotta have that like welcome moment. Yeah. But no, that's interesting. What's the uh, what's the funniest conversation? you've had on the baseball field? Uh, Utley shook my hand on the mound, my first big league spring training game in 17. So I was in minor league camp. They wanted me to come over. I gave up, like, I forget who hit it. I think, uh, right, Duvall, is that his name? Hit, bomb, but it was oppo. It was the fifth oppo home run of the day in the Reds' place, so like, just wind gusts, but at the time I'm like, oh, God, he did, I just gave it up. <laughs> and Utley came up to me and he was like, hey, I'm Chase, and like shook my hand. Like we literally shook hands on the mound. I was like, this is the weirdest thing <laughs> And I didn't even like really realize it, you know, until after they asked me, I was like, I couldn't even tell you what just happened. Like, no idea. <laughs> it was odd. It's an odd way to introduce yourself. Yeah, he was just like trying to calm me down, you know, but. Yeah. He's like, yeah, go get three outs. I'm like, all right, Chase. All right. <laughs> nice to meet you too, man. It's great. You got any? Uh, so, if you were gonna tell, if you're gonna tell someone that has no idea about minor league baseball, mm. like one story that like encapsulates what minor league baseball is. Yeah, uh, we're in Double A. Coming back from Springfield, so it's like a three and a half hour drive. And like the north part of the Texas League is like the, maybe the best travel setup in all of minor league baseball because it's literally like a rectangle, I think, but it's all like, or square. It's like three hours everywhere. Yeah. No problem, at least from Tulsa. So uh, we're coming back from Stringfield and we have to stay an extra night and then play the next day after that three hour drive because there's a tornado like bearing down our whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> And we're in like, you know, early July, like kind of dog days almost. Yeah. And our trainer is just like openly in the bus, like, whatever, let's just go. Let's just go. If we all die, it's all good. You know, and like, <laughs> I don't think people realize like how weird it can get to where like, everybody's like, yeah, let's, let's just go. You know, like, we're <laughs> never going to do it. But like those conversations are had because you're just at some point over it, you know? Yeah.
And it's like, you know, you're living the whole dream and all this stuff and it's great, but like the travel, man, I, that's what everyone asks. Like, what do you learn in your first year in the big leagues? And like, that travel sucks, man. Like, that's it. That's like the one thing I learned. Like, <laughs> like on the field, it is what it is. It's the same game. They're just a lot better. Like, traveling sucks and it sucks in the minor leagues and it sucks in the big leagues, even though it's a lot better in the big leagues. Like, LA's people, rough, though. You guys got a pretty bad travel situation. Yeah, like, people, I just don't think people know, like, what, it, like, how you feel you get off the plane, you know, your fourth one in five days or whatever it is. Like, going cross country twice in two weeks, like, and you're trying to, like, pitch. Yeah. Or play, I, like, the position players. I can't, I can't even imagine it. Yeah, the pitchers are at least fine because if you have to pitch the next day, they'll fly you ahead. Right. So you can get a good night's sleep or whatever. And if you if you don't have to pitch that day, then you just you wear it for that one game. Yeah, it sucks. Sleep. But the position players show up, get in at five of them. We got into uh, where we we got into Philadelphia one morning. I check into my hotel room and I just set my phone up outside the window because sun was rising. Like, yeah. This is a six sunrise, so I took some pictures of it. Yeah. It's like it's six thirty in the morning. We just got right. here and we got a game right. at seven. You got to be at the field at two. Yeah, like it's, that's it's an odd deal sometimes. <laughs> and there there was people outside the hotel when waiting. we got there waiting. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> seven seven baseballs. Yeah, unbelievable, man. I mean, the big thing for me is obviously like the whole Ferris Bueller thing. So, oh yeah, you gotta like, get worn out. Right yeah, there. that's it's just like a constant like. Nothing you can do about it, kind of situation. That's like me and the drone. Yeah. I get called drone boy all the time. Yeah. That's it. Never escape it. Um, I got mobbed my first uh, my first time in Chicago. Really? We're playing the Cubs. We walk out of the hotel, and all the guys are there, oh. you know, with their cards and stuff. Like, oh, Trevor, will you sign? Will you sign? I'm like, hey, I'm trying to catch a, a river cruise. Right. Not Please, right now. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm walking with my friend. I'm trying to catch a river cruise. I'm like, well, it just takes two seconds. Just sign, please. Yeah. I'm like, no. Right. So they, like, surround There's, like, ten of them. They surround yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, like, I can't walk anywhere. Right. I'm just like, all right. So I ended up just having yeah. to sign. So we get to the river cruise, and the person right in front of us bought the last ticket. Yeah. And so we didn't get to go on all it. Because I spent five minutes right. signing for guys that were just badgering me at the hotel. But they'll have to wait, too, because, like, the hotels will watch so they won't bother you when you walk away. So they'll wait, like, around the corner, and as right. soon as you turn the corner, there's, like, ten of them. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, it's an interesting kind of... You know, the access is obviously, like, something that's that's weird. and You know, there's a, a lot of places, for us at least, that, like, we walk to the stadium. You know, like, we play in San Diego, it's connected. You play in Denver, it's, like, three blocks. Like, yeah. But... All in all, man, like, I think people are pretty good about it. It's just... Yeah. I haven't had anything too bad. No, but it's just when it happens 162 times in 180 days, you know, it, that's when it gets different. I, I don't think it's ever, like, like... I'm not mad at that person at right. all, you know? And, like, your kid, like, there's no problem with that. It's just, like... Yeah, because they, they, the they see it as, like, oh, well, it's just... It's two seconds. Why is it a big deal? Right. Right, but it's like, well, it's two seconds for you, and then right. five other people here, and then I get in the stadium, and it's yeah. two seconds for forty thousand people, and yeah. then you know, people don't people don't see the other side of it, which is like you get it all the time. Yeah, it's an interesting kind of 
Like there's nothing that can ever prepare you to like deal with that in your life. Did you have a moment that you like, I made it or like that stood out? No, because like I still don't believe that. And I think it, the big thing is like I played with Clayton Kershaw and like these guys that have like really, really done it. And like having a good year to me is just not even like close to what these guys have done. So yeah, like I think a lot of guys that are on a bad team and you're a rookie and you're the best player on your team, like I think that's gotta be tough. You know what I mean? Um, but for me, it's just, you know, I'm still, like I tell everyone in the media, like I'm still trying to make our team, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I, like this year we went to FanFest and last year, walking around like don't nobody knows who I am, it's awesome. And then this year it's like we signed Pollock while I'm on the flight. Oh. So I landed and there's like TMZ there. Oh. And like I literally AJ just, getting the big the big guys out. Well no, like to talk to me. I'm like, what are you talking to me for? Like oh. I just woke up from a nap on this plane. <laughs> I don't I'm trying to get my bags and get out of here. And they're like right in your face. You're like, I'm like, how did you guys know that when I was flying in here? Thank you. you know? So we have a espresso soap, chocolate cake, candy uh, walnuts, and that's a caramel toffee ice cream wow. and a raspberry jam. Cool, thanks, awesome, Enjoy. thank you. Yeah, but I think I think LA it's got to be a little different than than everywhere or most other places that way at least. It's such a big media market. It's, yeah, you know Chicago, LA, New York, Boston. I mean those places are just massive. We have the opposite problem in Cleveland, like. You have something you want to talk about or like anything like that. You got two beat writers with you know no. a local a local audience. It's, yeah, we get like two ESPN games a year and that's that. Well, yeah. I mean that's I'm sure that's probably part of the reason you're like all more active or more. I don't want to say more active, more opinionated on your social media than maybe a lot of us are. It's <laughs> because if we have, well, if we have something we want to talk about, right? At least in the game, like somebody's gonna ask us a question about it before we even know we want to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely more opinionated than a lot of people on social media. Yeah, but like a lot of people probably think very similar. They just like, our market, man. Like, just the quantity of it. Like the the cheers are gonna be louder and the booze are gonna be louder, you know, so it's hard to. Was that a big adjustment for you, like walking in and seeing like the media scrims and stuff? Because you go from the minor leagues where there's right nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Like every now and then you'll get like one reporter that might want to ask you a question after a game. Right, or like, hey, can you hop on this phone call, you know, mm -hmm. that's about it, but. No, our guys do a pretty good job of getting us ready and hey you got this and there's gonna be this many people and here's what to expect kind of deal yeah just because i think you have to be like that in la you have to be ready for like that part of it you know yeah what do you guys do for fan fest is it like a all weekend thing or um, we do like a tour of LA stuff. So we went to UCLA Hospital and mm. stuff like that. And then we had like a luncheon with some of the Thousand Oaks victims' families and, and stuff like that. But um, And then on Saturday we have like a giant, um, like it's all on the field. So 
you're a fan, if you're going to our fan fest, like you're gonna get to walk around on our field, and it's kind of a cool deal. We tried to do that in Cleveland, except it's Can't January. Weather, yeah. <laughs> well, ten well, degrees got, outside. We got like thirty-five thousand people or something like that at our fan fest. Just, just to walk around. It's wild. Yeah. It's a very passionate fan base. No, it's the best. Yeah. I don't know how to explain this, like, without making anybody look bad. Like, nobody gave me a hard time about it at all. Like, somebody asked me about it, because we were celebrating 163, like, we did a full champagne thing, and one of the reporters was like, did you say something on the field? And I was like, I don't know, I couldn't tell you. I'm like, I'm from yeah, Kentucky, you... man. Like, yeah. <laughs> this stuff happens. You kind of you you know? just black out, yeah. like, in the moment. And I told all of them, like, our marketing people, media people, because like Kemp and JT talked before like to the fans. I was like, do not give me that microphone, man. Like, <laughs> don't do it. And then sure enough, here you go. <laughs> like, told you, you know. But something happened later, right? It happened again. Yeah, but that was, that was organic. That was different. So Kirsch was doing an interview after game seven of the NLCS. And I'm just walking around shirtless at this point because I wanted my NLCS shirt or my world going to the World <laughs> Series shirt. And so I was just yelling, looking for it. I didn't know what was going on. So that one was, <laughs> that could have happened to anybody, I think. It just so happened to happen to me. But no, like they have a shirt now. And like, luckily my family's not that uptight because I feel kind of bad about that. Like my little, I have like a 12 year old little sister and stuff. But like they have shirts that say like Walker, like F and Bueller on there <laughs> and stuff, you know? And I'm like, oh my God. It's a brilliant marketing opportunity. No, I mean, I want to wear one, but I just can't. I, you know, <laughs> I don't think you can do that. I'll wear one. I'll have to go find it and get me one. It's, I mean, it's funny, but I don't know. That's such a good moment, though. That's something you'll look back at and like remember how in the moment you were. Yeah, you can't. No, you can't recreate it. You can't do anything about it. You know, you always you always kind of sit there and think like, <coughs> like when you watch people, yeah, they're in that moment, like, <coughs> like oh yeah, I'm at loss for words right now. I don't know what to say. It's just right. awesome, you know. And you're like, you gotta have something to say. And right. Then you get in the moment and you're just like, if someone asks you a question, you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't even like comprehend what they ask you. Yeah, like yeah, this is just interesting. exciting. Just, Happy to be here. It's yeah, like great. <laughs> like yelling, you know, like, talking to the fans like after a big win like that, like you never prepared for that. Like there's no there's no script for that, you know? No. That's always one of the first things I do though, like before we leave the field and we clinch something. It's like go down the lines, like give the fans high fives or something. Yeah. Like, it's gotta be such a cool moment for them to like be oh, there. Absolutely. Especially in Cleveland with the drought, like a World Series drought. Yeah. Like, people go, like, people want that to end so bad. Yeah. It's like seeing all the Cubs fans come in. Right. Like, the, like what that meant, all the, like, the videos that got posted online afterwards, of like, two million people yeah. in Wrigleyville celebrating, to like, till the morning. Like right. Such cool, such cool baseball stories, like, happenings. That's a, but it's interesting. Like, it, it is crazy, too, like. Us since 88, like, these big power teams, like, yeah, they just haven't. And, like, Cleveland obviously had the runs, like, early in the 2000s, too. In the mid-'90s, the strike, when they, like, go to the World Series. Yeah. And then, yeah, man, 
Yeah, like the Tomi Vizquel years, like. Those teams were so stacked. Albert Bell, Carlos Baerga, Manny Ramirez. Yeah. Just go down the line. That's wild. Charlie Nagy. Uh, well, anyway, I appreciate you coming out. It's yeah, been fun. Absolutely, man. I enjoyed I getting to know uh, getting to know more about you than just baseball, golf, and yeah, yeah. No, it's not too much else, but a little <laughs> bit here and there. We're all baseball nerds at heart, right? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Right, absolutely. Anyway, thanks, man. It's been great. Yeah, no problem. Cool. Can I take this thing off? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show dedicated to giving you behind-the-scenes access into the lives of your favorite players today. Josh Hader joins the show to talk about his love for hunting, how he became a dominant closer, and how sliding into the DMs changed his life. I'm your host, Trevor Bauer, and this is the Bauer Bites Podcast. <laughs>